So last week, we talked about praising God as the beginning of prayer and thanking God, either in the beginning or the end or both, that these are kind of the bookmarks, uh, uh, the, the, uh, not the bookmarks, the book... Uh, Ends. Thank you. That's right. The end. The bookends of, of what God wants from us in prayer. And so today we're going to talk about fasting. And the question always comes up, first of all, why do we fast? Why do we fast and pray? And for me, the simple answer is I get dry and I want to be revived, and I believe that prayer and fasting is the way for me to get revived. And then I want to see not only me, but I want to see my family revived, and I want to see the congregation revived. I want to see the, the city and the state and the country revived. I want to see Israel revived. I want to see the entire world revived. But it starts with me. And it starts with you. And so I would ask that you would pray and fast. Now, I'm looking for God to do miracles. And I believe that will happen more when we have a real revival. Our homes need revival. Our churches, our synagogues need revival. Our nation, our world needs revival. There's no military power that's going to make revival. There's no economic upturn that's going to make a revival. There's no election that can make revival. It's God's sovereign plan with people who are hungry, hungry for the Lord. So when believers are revived, their homes are better, their, their, everything is better when they are revived. And there's a scripture that just, when I think of revival, I think of the scripture Ezekiel 37, 1 through 6. Um, we, I played this on Saturdays a number of times, so Greg Silverman's song, he takes from this scripture. The hand of Adonai was upon me. The Ruach Adonai carried me out. Ruach Adonai is the spirit of the Lord. Carried me out and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of dry, full of bones. He led me all around them. Behold, there were very many on the floor uh, of the valley. Behold, they were very dry. Then he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? I answered, Adonai Elohim, meaning Lord God, you know prophesy over these bones he said to me say to them dry bones hear the word of adonai thus says adonai elohim to those bones behold i will cause ruach to enter you so you will live i will attach tendons to you bring flesh on you and cover you with skin then i will put breath in you you will live you will know that i am adonai and that to me is exciting i just 
feel that that is kind of the proof of, of a revival is when people start coming to know the Lord. Their dry bones become alive. And, and I'm asking that for, from God, that the people I speak to, that they would come alive with the knowledge of Yeshua as their Messiah. And so I'm hungering and thirsting for more of God, and I find a great time to uh, have prayer and fasting is right before the holy days. So our part in bringing revival is, I believe, for prayer and fasting to go on. And I'm asking that we all pray and fast for 40 days for personal transformation, and just that our culture would, would change from secularism to one that honors the Lord. And so I'm asking people to start that fast August 17th, which is a Wednesday, and go to Sunday, September 25th, which is the day that evening it, Rosh Hashanah begins. And so... One would maybe you don't know that many places in scripture where fasting is involved. So let's go through a few and see when are we called to fast or are we called to fast? Leviticus 23, uh, 26 and 27 talks about the day of atonement and it talks about afflicting one's self. And the Jewish people understood afflicting oneself is to fast. How many would agree with that? Yeah? You, how many of you enjoy fasting? Anybody enjoy fasting? No, I, I don't see too many people enjoying it. Exodus 34, 28. So he, meaning Moses, stayed there without an eye for 40 days and 40 nights on the mountaintop. And he did not eat bread or drink water. He wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Words, or as we know it, the Ten Commandments. Now, I do not recommend you doing this fast. Forty days of no food and no water, uh, unless God tells you it's going to, uh, and unless, as they say on the commercials, you see your doctor first, do not do this kind of 40-day fast. Am I clear? Okay, Second Chronicles 22 and 3. Some came and reported to Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Aram, and are already in Hazan Tamar, that is, in Gadi. Jehoshaphat was afraid so he resolved to seek Adonai, and he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So here's where Jehoshaphat called a fast because he was scared, and he needed God on his side. On the other hand, totally different, Jonah 3.5, then the people of Nineveh, you know, Jonah had spoken to the people of Nineveh, and they believed what he said, so they believed God and called for a fast and wore uh, sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. And the reason they did that was they realized that they were in sin. 
and they believe from having heard God's word that the fasting and the prayer would take care and God would have mercy on them and would not judge them for their sin. So we have 2 Samuel 1.12. Here we have David and the people of Israel who, who uh, fasted for a day, probably, until evening, because Saul and Jonathan died in battle. And in, David, uh, in 2 Samuel 12, 22, one of my favorites, because of the meaning of it, uh, we have King David saying, while the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept. So in other words, when there was a, a bit of hope, he fasted that his child would be healed. He fasted and prayed. When his child died, he didn't say, well, obviously that didn't work. He didn't say that. He said, who knows? Adonai might be gracious to me and let the child live. But now that he has died, why should I fast? In other words, the time of fasting is over. But, but King David was somebody who understood that getting closer to God and, and repenting oftentimes require prayer and fasting. Nehemiah 1, 3 and 4, they said to me, the remnant who have survived the captivity there in the province are in great distress and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. Upon hearing these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. I prayed and fasted before the God of heaven. So this was for direction. Okay, this is what's happened. Now, God, what do we do? And in order to get that answer, they prayed and they fasted. Daniel 6.18, we see that uh, it says here, then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. This was talking about when he placed Daniel into the lion's den. And here he was as a non-believer, and he was fasting. Now, interesting enough, it, it was all night long, so I'm wondering, does he usually eat all night long? But anyway, he was fasting, and he fasted from entertainment, um, which is a little different from what we usually see in Scripture because he was unable to sleep. So he was focused on, I believe, praying. And, and this was uh, King Darius of Persia. And uh, we see in Daniel 1.12, where Daniel's talking to the uh, people who were going to feed he and others. And he says... Uh, give us a 10-day test here. Just give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. And that is currently known as the Daniel fast. And then compare our appearance and the appearance of the youths who eat king's delicacies and treat your servants according to what you see. So this was actually uh, a fast, I believe, 
to show the glory of God, to show the amazingness of God to the people who did not believe. And this fast showed his power that through just vegetables and water, that they would be in better shape than the others who had the meat and all the delicacies. Daniel 10, 2 to 3, in those days I, Daniel, was mourning for three whole weeks. I ate no rich food, nor did meat or wine enter my mouth, nor did I anoint myself with oil until the end of three weeks. Again, this is a time of prayer and fasting. But these are the Hebrew scriptures where there's fasting, and it's not all of them, by the way. So let's look at a couple in the New Covenant, the Burit Hadashah, Luke 2, 36 to 38. Now Anna, a daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher, was a prophetess. She was well advanced in age, having lived with the husband only seven years, and then as a widow until age 84. She never left the temple serving night and day with fasting and prayers. Now, her fasting and prayers was really, it seems like, just to honor God, just to be faithful to God because we don't know that she was really asking for something, and if she was, she was still extremely faithful because she had been doing this for many, 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 many years. Can you imagine fasting and praying without results for many years? We get tired after one day. See, it didn't work, right? And then... Really, I believe this is her prayers being answered. And coming up at that very instant, meaning seeing Yeshua as, as a baby, she began praising God and speaking about the child to all those waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. That was the culmination of her prayer and fasting, but also a culmination of her faithfulness. And when we get tired of praying and saying, God didn't hear me, and why did he answer this person and not me, and all of those uh, poor me kind of things, uh, really God is saying that we need to be faithful. We need to listen to him and do what he says. Mark 2, 18 through 20, now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. They came and said to him, meaning Yeshua, why do you disciple, the disciples of John and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Yeshua said to them, the guests of the bridegroom cannot fast while the bridegroom is with them, can they? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. And that's almost a directive to us to understand that we are to fast. We are in that day 2,000 years later where Yeshua physically is not with us, and, and God is saying, this is a time for fasting and praying. And we see that Yeshua fasted and prayed, and in Matthew 4, 1 and 2, Yeshua was led by the Ruach into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil after he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. 
So even Yeshua, who gave up his deity while here on earth and showed us that in order to start his ministry, because this was right before he started his ministry, and to tackle the adversary, because this was right before the adversary challenged him, he needed to be energized, filled with the power of God's Spirit, so that he could do the things that the Father had told him to do. And so for that, he fasted. And, and so for us going into a new year, going into a time where we're expecting God to do the same kinds of signs and wonders and miracles that Yeshua did and said that we would do likewise and more, we should see that fasting and prayer is really important for that. In Acts 13, 2 and 3, while they were serving the Lord and fasting, the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit said, set apart from me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting, praying, and laying hands on them, they sent them off. Another reason, again, for fasting, to send others off with, with an anointing, to do the will of God, which is, I guess, similar to Yeshua's prayer and fasting. Acts 14, 23, when they had handpicked elders for them in every community and prayed with fasting, they placed them in the care of the Lord in whom they had put their trust. So just those are some of the examples of fasting. And I... I hope that gives you some motivation to see that this is really biblical. We can fast. You know, people always say, well, what kind of a fast are you doing? What kind of a fast should I do? Are we all doing the same fast? Well, I, I tend to think that our fasting should involve food to some degree. But there are also, as you can see, fasting for activities, uh, from activities, uh, anything really that frees your time up to spend more time with God. So, for instance, uh, I, I'm going to um, not eat dinner for 40 days. And during that time, because I have a good quiet time in the morning, but I don't have much of a quiet time in the evening. So the time it takes me that I would usually eat dinner, what I'll do is I will pray. And so that to me makes sense for prayer and fasting. So whether you do something more severe, whether you do a, a one-day fast, a three-day fast, a 21-day fast, I'm hoping that you'll try the 40-day fast uh, because I believe that we have a calling to bring in people to know Yeshua as their Messiah, and especially Jewish people, but all people. And when we are prayed up and we have fasted, when we go out, I believe we're going to be anointed to bring people in 
and we're going to see a, a mighty harvest. So I'm, I'm asking you uh, to do something that will um, give up something that you enjoy that takes time. Might be watching TV. Might be watching movies, whatever it is. You know, in my case, one of the things I want to do is eliminate sugar in my diet. Now you say, what does that have to do with prayer and fasting? Well, for me, it has a lot to do. Because when I eat sugar, I tend to get very lethargic. And I won't be able to give God my best if I'm lethargic. I want to be energized in my prayer and fasting. So I know that's how my body reacts to sugar. And for that reason, I will not have bread. <gasps> I mean, now that's giving things up for me, at any rate. Because I love bread and rolls and anything like that. But, you know, uh, this is something that I feel really strongly about, and I, I pray you do too. You know, there are examples in Scripture of one-day fasts and long fasts. I, I found this one uh, in Ezra, which is a one-day fast, uh, kind of an interesting one. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the Ahava River so that we might humble ourselves before our God and seek him a straight way for us, our little ones and all of our possessions." So why do they need to fast? Well, so he says, I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers in cavalry, uh, cavalry to protect us from the enemy along the way because we had spoken to the king saying, the gracious hand of our God is upon everyone who seeks him, but his ang great anger is against everyone who forsakes him. So in other words, we were bragging on God and all of a sudden now we're in war and, and I don't know what to do. God, help. So they fasted. So we fasted and sought our God about this and he responded to our plea. When we fast, we spend more time with the Lord and we have a greater intensity with the Lord. So I would just suggest to you to just be ready to increase your excitement about God, to increase your desire for greater faith, because these come from prayer and fasting, for God to open up your eyes and my eyes, so we can see the miracles. You know, sometimes there are miracles all around us, and we are just so busy we don't even see them. For God to do miracles in our lives, I, I'm two things I pray for: healings and salvation. That's what I want to see. That as we go on, and I give messages in the next few weeks, you'll see specifically what I am praying for. But this is the overall thought for God to do miracles and, and for God to change situations that we have no hope for. You know, I know a number of the people in the sanctuary here, and some of you have no hope for some of your family members. But I can tell you that in God, there is always hope, always hope. And so I, I pray that you'll join me for your loved ones 
and, and pray and fast because I believe God wants to do something amazing. So it begins, obviously, with knowing Yeshua as our Messiah because it's through him we come to the Lord. So if you're struggling, if you have no hope, or know that you can't or won't change without a miracle in your life, you need Yeshua. So if that's you either here or on Facebook Live, I'd ask you to pray with me and to receive Yeshua today and see great hope and great miracles before you in your life. So join with me and say these words and mean it in your heart. Lord, I am sorry for my sins. I believe and I receive and I accept Yeshua into my heart and into my life. And I dedicate my life to you, Lord. I will come to you with great expectation for my life to be transformed. If you have said those words, mean it in your heart. God is just welcoming you into his kingdom. And your life is about to change. I would ask you to let us know also because we have uh, free Bibles that would really help you uh, learn scripture. These are special Bibles for helping you learn scripture. We'd like to send them to you at no cost. So let us know whether you're here or on Facebook Live. We will respond to you as soon as we can. Let's pray. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King, we love you and praise you. Oh Lord, we are grateful. For you have given us the greatest gift that anybody could ask for. Atonement for our sins and eternal life with you. So Lord, I pray for those who have prayed this prayer that they would understand the, the amazing, huge benefit of walking with you in our lives. Lord, I pray for each one of us, O oh Lord, that we would walk daily, that we would walk daily with you, Father. I bless you, praise you, and honor you. In the name of Yeshua, amen.